I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, produced and distributed by the team that brings you Convo by Design with another story about design and architecture from the great state of Texas. Ann Edgerton is an interior decorator and stylist from Austin. And we spoke about wide open spaces, which seems appropriate when talking about ideas emanating from Texas, right? Anne has a very unique design signature that maximizes on space, proportion, and product blending to create unique environments. We talk about her approach to this blending of large spaces and cozy design, modern lines with rustic materials, cosmopolitan ranches, and living room offices. I think Anne has a unique talent for blending and molding space, materials, and color to achieve unique moments in design. This is Ann Edgerton. So you get a, I think you get a, you probably get a feel for what I'm, where I'm going and what I'm doing. A little bit. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear more. So I started the podcast in, when did I start it? I started it, it'll be seven years this year. So oh, cool. yeah, um, I was working for a magazine doing a design house. My background's in broadcast and okay. I was doing my first ever design house here in Hollywood. And I spent so much time producing the design house that I completely forgot to record anything that I was doing in the design house. All the panels, all the conversations, all the meetings, all the events. I just, I was having so much fun doing what I was doing, I forgot to do it. And I was so (laughs) mad about this afterwards. I was like, if you go and, and you Google California Home and Design, small space, big style, you'll see like a couple of things, uh-huh. but not much. And that was from 2012. And so I, I, because my background's in broadcast, I was like, you know what? Uh-huh. There's got to be a way to sort of tell these stories. So I've been, I've been telling stories of designers like you for about seven years now. This will be the seventh year. Um, uh-huh. And I, I spent nine years in Dallas. And, uh-huh. okay. I, I, and we go back every other year uh, to see family. Love Texas. Uh-huh. And what I find really interesting is how much amazing design is is coming out of Texas. Oh, cool. And you don't really hear much about it on the on the broader scale. So uh-huh. so what I'm doing is I'm starting Lone Star House of Design, which is okay. basically a version of uh Convo by Design, but it's just about design out of the great state of Texas. Cool. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. And I, I found you I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I have learned over time that we don't really attribute, most designers don't want to have a quote unquote style attributed uh-huh. to their work. You know, it's kind of, I think it's, why, do you know, why is that? Do you feel well, that way? I don't, I don't care. You don't? I mean, people, what, I think what designers want is to be able to be like, oh, they're such an amazing designer, they can do any style, you know. But at the same time, like you definitely want to have your, you want somebody to I'm not there yet, I don't think, but like you want somebody to look at your work, look at a room and say, oh, that's a Axel Verveaux room. You know, it's in New York or it's in the countryside, but you can tell they have their own touch. Do you get, do you get more opportunities in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago? There, there aren't as many opportunities to get really creative with the design because in many cases – you know, a budget and a client will dictate something very specific or you're limited, you know, here in Southern California, 
extremely limited by regulations, yeah. lot size, home size, uh, yeah. geographic location. Do you find a certain amount of freedom to, to test ideas? Because in many cases, you're not limited by any of those restrictions. Yeah. Well, inside of Austin, Austin is very, very, has tons of regulations. So I would say inside of Austin, you know, I don't know because I've never worked in LA or New York, but I could, I could assume it's probably, you probably do have more freedoms inside of Austin, but I still do feel pretty regulated, you know, like with lighting and especially if you're working commercial, there's, you know, you have to have certain type of plumbing and certain size of everything. But I have done projects outside of Austin where it's like no man's land. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, which is crazy. <laughs> Pretty much. It, I, I love Austin. Um, I love, I love all of Texas. As a matter of fact, what I, what I think is really interesting is how different Austin is from Dallas and how different Dallas is from Houston. No. Yeah. Austin's really weird in, in the, <laughs> in the best possible way. And I think, oh, yeah, I, I, I think culturally it's because you've got a capital city, a major university, who knew you'd have a bridge with, you know, millions of bats living under it and sixth yeah. street. And it's just so it's eclectic, but it's one of those cities that also really protects its past and its history. Have you mm -hmm. noticed that? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling a little like, Oh God, what's happened to our city? Cause I, moved here about 10 years ago and it's changing so much so fast and i think there is a core to the city that isn't changing people do try to protect the soul of it but you know it's inevitable with like crowding like all the old places i used to go to are now condo buildings and they like name them towns van zant hotel or whatever but you're like uh this is <laughs> this is a huge corporate building you know you can name it whatever but you totally totally like bulldoze this cool old spot and built a condo. So it's, so, it's interesting for me to hear you say that because having been there recently, one of the things that I thought was really cool walking around the downtown area was that it, it appears like there, there is a, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it appears like there is an effort to save some of that historical past. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, it's just so crowded everywhere that it's mm. hard to like even just get, you know, there, I think there is really, really cool stuff happening everywhere, but it's so crowded that it's hard to just like get to it. But I, I, you know, I don't want to be so down on the city. Yeah. I think for sure there is an effort to save, to save certain parts of the city and then protect them and then to renew and restore and rebuild old places that have not been utilized. Like the whole downtown library is so cool. The whole sea home district that they're developing is really, really neat. And so I, I whatever things grow, things change. That's great. It's, you know, what, you know, what's really interesting. And I, I, as I'm just getting this, it's all a matter of perspective. So, you know, you're in it every single day. So you obviously see the good and the bad. Um, have, having been there recently, but not spending any great amount of time there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess I kind of missed sort of the, the day to day. What, what happens? So uh, let me back up a second. You mentioned you've been living there for 10 years. Where, do, where did you, where did you start before that? Where were you well, before I that? Grew up, I grew up um, in West Texas, right in, in a town called Midland, 
the oil area. Of course. Yeah. So I was born and raised there. And then I went to college in Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. And then from Santa Barbara, I went to Austin. And I've been here ever since. You mean after Santa Barbara, you couldn't just slide right back into Midland, Odessa? (laughs) No? Once I left, I knew I would never do that. You've been there, huh? Oh, oh, been there, driven through it. Um, You know, anyone who's ever had an opportunity to drive through West Texas, spending an entire day looking at nothing but but flatlands and flare-ups, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah, totally, flare-ups. Yeah. Um, So when you went to Austin, did you know that that, that design is what you wanted to do? No, no, not at all. I had no idea. I studied studio art. And, you know, I was just a typical open-minded, like free-spirited young person. I got, I worked at restaurants for a long time. I travel. I did wolfing for a while in France. Do you know what that is? No. It's, it stands for Willing Workers on Organic Farms. And it's, it's this really cool international program where farmers hook up with people who want to work and you work for free and you live there. And it's just like a cultural exchange kind of thing. So that was cool. Did that. And then wait, I wait, was... wait, stop back up a second. It sounds almost, <laughs> it sounds almost like a kibbutz in Israel. What, what is that? And how did you, how did you get started in that? Well, you know, I, it, I don't know, a friend of mine wanted to go do it and I was just working at a restaurant and I was like, yep, sounds good. I knew I wanted to travel. So it's, it's just a really cheap way to travel basically because you, you just pay a fee to get onto this website, like 50 bucks. And then you get connected to all these organic farmers to whatever country you choose. I wanted to go to France. So I just emailed, you know, this farmer in the South of France was like, Hey, can I come for two weeks with my friend? Then you get on a plane, you get on a train and you show up in the middle of nowhere. And this farmer's there to pick you up. And you're like, Hey, then you live with them for however long. And then you go online and you find another farm and then you hop over to another farm and, you work for them. So yeah, I worked on all of and I built a hay bale house and I worked at an old um, like chateau bed and breakfast thing and did you know, picked raspberries and cut lavender and so it was it was magical. Okay. Aside from the the fact that that sounds in, incredibly wonderful from an experiential standpoint, it sounds incredibly dodgy at the same time. It totally was. We hitchhiked, you know, we had no money and it was awesome. It was like, it was, yeah, totally dodgy. And I have kids now and I oftentimes think of like, (laughs) there's no way I would let you do this. Oh dear God. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so important for my life. Really very, very cool. Interesting. Okay. So with an experience like that, Bill, the one thing that you said in particular, building a hay bale house, uh-huh. um, is so interesting to me. Uh, the opportunity to do something like that, because clearly yeah. that's not something we we do here in the states often. Yeah, it really was. It was. I mean, I was like just yeah, we were just like stacking hay and covering it in plaster, and it was a really cool house and laying wood floor, and yeah, it was super super interesting. So mo- very, very beautiful. Moving back to so when you settled in Austin, did did you know you didn't know when did you when did you start your firm? Okay, so um, so I yeah so anyways I started a catering business and I thought that that was how my creative that's you know uh, okay this is my career but then I, I soon realized that food was making food was not 
was not doing it for me. But what, what I was realizing is that I was more interested in people coming together and experiencing something together and the space that they were experiencing it in. Mm. So, um, I just, that was like turning in my mind. So I started, you know, just kind of studying spaces. And then this old acquaintance of mine moved back from New York to open a restaurant and we recontacted each other at this party at my house. And he told me he was opening a restaurant and I was like, Oh, great. I'm a restaurant designer, which I wasn't, but you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to be. And I was 24, 23. I was probably 23. Fake it till you make it. Right. Yes. <laughs> so he hired me and, um, and that was my first project. And it was like before, Pinterest and before tons of stuff I like cut out pictures from magazines and put together this mood board for him and was like here this is what your restaurant should look like and then we did it and it was really really fun and like from that second on I was like oh my god this is it so and that, I think that was that was about seven years ago but it took a long time for me to be able to earn enough money to sustain myself so simultaneously I was a designer and I managed a little downtown bodega so I was kind of doing a lot for a while so it's here's the thing when when i when i look when i meet a new designer and i start to look at their work oftentimes there are certain things that pop out to me mm -hmm. i don't know if it's if it's consistencies in the work or sort of a styling one of the things that really struck out <clears throat> excuse me one of the things that really struck me was in one of your residential projects you have a very clean modern looking bathroom with with an old cat an old iron tub that's clear oh, yeah. it's clearly not super modern the tub itself it's clearly something that you repurposed and reused and and then i i started to notice a lot of those themes in your work mm -hmm. um recycled mixed yeah. blended a lot of the things that you know have have been in southern california for quite some time but not really noticeable outside, you seem to not only embrace it. I'm curious, is, is this something that sort of affected you when, you when you got to Santa Barbara, or is it something that you've always liked to do? And what was the willingness on the part of your clients to sort of incorporate those elements in your work? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, sometimes it's like, it's, a, it's like, I don't know how, how my taste evolved, but I have always been drawn to old things. And I think... So I, I do think that I was very affected by growing up in the desert, that it, everything was just like dusty and windblown and really, really minimal. And so I'm, I love, I love like empty space, but just with like one big dramatic old thing, you know? And I feel like that's like kind of what the desert is like, just a big old empty desert with a massive tumbleweed inside of it. Um, so I think, I think that that landscape I grew up in really affected me. And then I don't know, just, the desire for interesting things and not just store-bought stuff and the story. I really, really love antique shopping and treasure hunting and that, you know, that feeling you get when you're like, oh my God, look at this thing. Like, I've never seen something like this before and it'll, it'll look perfect in this plaster room that we're doing. I'm curious, the level of acceptance with the clients, do you find that many of your clients are native Texans or do you find that many of your clients now are, are moving into Texas from elsewhere? Oh, a lot of people are moving in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know what? A lot of them have Texas roots. 
Like they were raised in Texas. They went off, started their career in New York or coming back. But there aren't a lot of – I think a lot of them have Texas roots somewhere inside of them. They're Texan. <laughs> that seems to be – so it's really interesting to me, and I, I find this fascinating. There are certain places um, – you know, in Southern California, this is kind of like the place where people come to reinvent themselves. Uh-huh, yeah. If you ask around, not many of us are actually from here. Yeah. Um, but Texas seems to be one of those places where – everyone keeps going back. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, people come home to Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so it's really interesting to me because I think what you're talking about, which really comes out in the design, is that you're taking influences from, from elsewhere. You know, I'm, I'm, as we're talking, I, was, I spent a lot of time on your website, and I was oh. looking at a number of the projects that you've worked on. And... There seems to be this willingness, you know, it's funny because when I lived in Dallas for, for nine years, if you drive around, you know, it, this is a while back, about probably about 10, 12 years ago, if you drive around Dallas at that time, you just see brick, 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 yeah. brick. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all the same. Um, but I'm noticing that that really has changed in the last 10 to 15 years in, in Texas, the design styling has has really changed a lot. Have you seen Have you seen the changes? And I guess you know you being at, at sort of the front of this. What are you seeing now? Hmm. Style wise, hmm. Let's see. I, I mean, lots of plaster everywhere. Plaster outside and inside. People are loving plaster. So it's interesting to me too. There seems to be this major shift away now. The you know you've got that Austin limestone. You've got you've got. Yeah because of the particular soil that is under Texas, brick is so incredibly popular, which is why it was such a, so prevalent everywhere. And I, there is a conscious shift away from this now, which, which is fascinating to see such a large shift. It has nothing to do with style, but one particular type of material. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah that is really interesting. I wonder, I wonder, I mean, it has, I mean, it's kind of like that with every industry. There's just waves of like, okay, everybody's doing this now. Everybody's doing this. It is interesting where it derives and why it ends at some point. What is the, um, what are clients looking for now? What are your clients asking you for? Hmm. You mean like when they first come to me, like I want my home to feel like this or my office to feel like this? Sort of, sort of, but not really. So one of the things that that you will really find not just in LA but in LA New York Chicago the the major metropolitan areas the, the ones that are highly condensed um and our our big cities are getting more crowded is uh-huh. that the the manner in which we live and work you know especially with the gig economy people are getting away from driving their own cars and and traveling with Uber and Lyft um we work spaces and and I believe you may have designed a co-working space um, yeah, I did. But because due to the popularity of both co-working spaces and live workspaces, it seems like the the way people are using design it has has fundamentally shifted again. And I'm curious if you're seeing that as well. You know, I I don't know if I can answer that. I don't see. I haven't. I don't think I've seen like major shifts in the way people are. You, maybe I don't have a long enough career to have been like, oh, you know, five years ago, people were asking this. Uh, 
You know what I mean? I do. I do. When, when you were working on the East Side co-working space, um, how did you approach that? Well, that was um, people I've worked with before. It was an old, it was a lot of times uh, we're working on top of old remodels. So it was like a 90s carpeted blech, mob, <laughs> you know. So, and, and, you know, a lot of times people start a project and we're like, we're not really sure where this is going, but we know we want to do it like a, a we, we know numerous people will be working here and we, we want it to look really good so that people will want to come work here. And that, that is definitely like the driving force. I think of a lot of people is like create something beautiful so that it draws people in and then we will figure out exactly what's going on here. <laughs> so a lot of, you know, a little bit more open. I've done numerous co-working spaces that have been like a little bit open-ended, but just create something very interesting to draw the people in and then, and then we'll fill the space up. Um, so anyway, that, that place, we, a lot of times I start with just some white walls and cut out, you know, ugly stairwells and weird, any weird curvy things, add a bunch of more windows. Let's rip out the kitchen, take out the uppers, especially if you're doing co-working space, you know, let's delete a lot of the unnecessary stuff and, uh, get a little fresh, fresh slate going and then, and then see what style you guys are looking for. Did you did you find that you had to change the approach to design because now instead of designing for an individual or a family or a you know a group of partners for a specific office that you have to do something that is I don't want to call it generic but something that could appeal to just about everyone because it is a co-working space it's it's fairly transient in nature and you'll have people coming and going yeah. I would imagine that that has to change the manner in which you think about design. Yeah, it really does. But I think that I really love parameters. And so no matter what project I'm working on, I try to create a soul behind it. And soul seems a little dramatic. But I try to create some sort of human behind what I'm designing so that I'm not creating some generic thing because that isn't interesting. So like even I just try to grab at straws and I create a really strong creative direction. Like these are the three words we're going for here. And these are, these are the textures and the shapes that we're going for. And I, you kind of just have to make it, make up somebody, you know what I mean? Uh, not only do you, do I know what you mean? Um, what this, what you're talking about reminds me of, I, I work a great deal with the set decorator society of America. And I, and when oh, you're, cool. when you're talking to set decorators, um, you're talking to people who don't design for families or specific clients. Yeah. They de- they design for characters yeah. off a, off a written page, and it's very similar to what you're talking about. Whereas you're, and it's really this is fascinating. You know, sort of creating the context of a space, creating that story, creating the narrative in your own mind, and then designing for it. You're almost, in essence, creating the space that's going to appeal to the clients that your client is trying to reach. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's more yeah. of a, it's more of a business, you know, and what I'm thinking of as, as we're talking about it, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at Contigo. Uh-huh. Is, is that, that's a restaurant or is it a bar? It's both. Okay. Is and that this, was actually my first project. Is that the one that was a friend of yours? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I married him. He became a <laughs> 
<laughs> Boy, you must have done a really good job on I that did on that project. He was blown away. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest. I know it was pretty great. Well, I, I I'm looking at it, and what I like about, and you know what, maybe we can do this after. Um, you can send me some of these images, and I can put them up on Instagram so that people who are listening to this can go back and see it. Yeah. The furniture, where'd the furniture come from? Well, who, we, we designed it and we had our friend who's a furniture designer, he built all of it. So you didn't specify these, you built all of this. Yeah. And wow. That, that was fun about being a new designer and Ben, who's now my husband, the, the owner, um, who was opening it, he'd never opened a restaurant. So we were just kind of like, what do, what's our furniture? Let's draw it. Okay, let's get it made. You know, whereas now like, I don't think that would be my first instinct is to just hand make everything. I'd rather, you know, first you look online and then you're like, oh, this doesn't exist. I'm going to have this made. So that was fun because we came up with stuff we probably wouldn't have because we were naive. Isn't, there's a certain value to naivete. Yeah, I, I'm always trying to get back to that because <laughs> right. it, I know it creates really interesting things. Um, so the tables, did the, the tops easy, the, the bottom, did you have those? custom fabricated yeah uh-huh so it was, it was my husband's like very best friend his name's brian chilton and he now has a huge furniture you know fabrication firm um this is one of his first projects but yeah he made all of it and he also built like the awning and he made all the chairs all the bar, bar all the tables all the bar stools do you remember when you were thinking this through where did did your now husband then client give you a give you a theme or an idea that he wanted you to d design towards, or did you just sort of approach it from here's who I want to come here? Maybe it's me that I'd like to come here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna create a design that I would appreciate. Well, yeah, he had a very strong vision. He his family owned a ranch called Contigo Ranch in South Texas, and they used to have these big you know, just huge parties on the ranch, wonderful, like hospitality outside food. Great. So he wanted to create that experience in Austin. And so I knew that it was just like Texas ranch inspired. We went down to his ranch for a long weekend and invited a bunch of friends and cooked a bunch of food. And I gathered a bunch of inspiration there. And, um, yeah, so that was the creative direction. And so it was pretty easy because I'm naturally drawn to that, but I was just trying to uh, and then I am also very inspired by and influenced by Donald Judd, and so I kind oh, of me me too. <laughs> Do you head down to Marfa a lot? I I try to. Yeah. I mean, it's so far from here, but yeah, I'm going in April. So, but yeah, I get there. I get there often, and uh, again, I grew up right by there. So, um, so yeah, I kind of took the Texas Ranch theme and then put a little bit of Donald Judd into it to kind of make it a little bit more modern, like Austin, a little bit younger, not, not ornate, you know? So yeah, that was that. I, I love that. And I am, I too am a huge fan of Donald Judd and Marfa. And, you know, for, for those unfamiliar with Marfa, you know, many people will know Marfa either because you're an old movie buff and it's the exteriors yeah. from Giant and, and a bunch of others, or uh -huh. um, or you've seen Marfa, uh, Prada Marfa, and it's yeah. like, that's a cool art installation. But what most people won't do is actually go down there because it's not easy to get there. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, it is hard. It is. I mean, that's the point of it. 
that's why Donald Trump moved there, you know? Yeah. But what happened was you get this, this modern thinking artist minded designer from, from New York uh-huh. takes over a small Texas town and kind of molds it in, in like the weirdest twilight zone yeah. way where you're, he just mashed things together. Like you've got this old Adobe and then he puts a stark hard angled triangular thing, just mashes it up against it. Oh my God. It's so good. Yes. It's so weird. It's awesome. It's great. And you've got sculpture everywhere. Yeah. It's one oh. of it's one of those places where you can go and and find inspiration just by walking around. Oh, I know. I right? know you don't even have to go inside of a gallery. Yeah. You show up there and look around. You're like, okay, I'm done. Thank yeah. you, Marfa. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is fun to me because as we're talking, I'm looking at your Contigo Ranch. Uh-huh. And so the image that I'm looking at is really it's demonstrative. Um, it it's it demonstrates what it is we're talking about. Where you've got you've got stark clean walls, you've got old wood, you've got comfort blend. You know everything is blended together, hard and soft materials. And I I can sort of envision this on a mesquite laden, brushy ranch in West Texas is what I'm thinking yeah. about. Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah. That's that's my roots. Love it. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, roots are are fun to talk about because while most of it is sort of in that in that remembering fondly historical context you also have a chance to think about what you'd like to do in the future yeah, and and yeah. you're you're one of those designers who has you found your spot you know where you want to work it sounds like you know where you want to go after that is do you have a dream project is there a project that you would just love to work on you know what? I would love to design an artist residency. I love I I like the idea of a really low budget project that is very very experimental and open minded. You know, I I just I don't know why, but I get I get like um, excited about low budget stuff. So you want to you want your own Marfa. Well, I don't know. On a smaller I mean, scale. Yeah, like, yeah, like a, an artist. Do you know what I mean by an artist residency? Well, I know what I'm thinking of, but tell me what you're thinking of. Well, you know, like 10 artists get paid to come here for six months at a time. and They have living quarters and they eat together. And it's a place for them to go and stop and pause and create. And I would just love to design a space for that for the purpose of pausing, being with nature and creating. So what's fascinating to me is what you're designing and what you're talking about is designing a, a really creative, unique co-working space. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, that's, that's really, what's that? Like a retreat center. Where would you, where would you, where would you build it? Where would you put it? I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a little nowhere. On a, I will, and Contigo Ranches. It, it, can, so Ben's parents moved from South Texas and bought some land uh, right outside of Fredericksburg. And that, and that, that project's on my website. It's a, it's a hotel wedding venue, but it's a huge, beautiful, beautiful piece of property. Which one is that? 
It's called Contigo Ranch. Oh, okay. Um, That's the Contigo Ranch I was looking at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so there's a lot of space there. So I think, I don't know, creating something there would be really, really beautiful. But, you know, anywhere people need it, anywhere there's a need for, for people who have a desire to create outside of you know, their, their regular stressed out, busy lives. Well, and that's something that is really fun and amazing. You know, if, if one happens to be driving someplace again, where you will never, ever find yourself driving, um, from Roswell, New Mexico towards Austin uh-huh. and you come across Cowboy Ruckus. Okay. When, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so Cowboy Ruckus, I forget the name of the artist, um, and it's I'm kicking myself now because I, I didn't know that this would necessarily come up, but you're driving, I don't even know if it's in Texas yet or if it's still in New Mexico. I'm pretty sure it's in Texas. I just Googled it. I think it's in New Mexico. Okay, so you're driving down this two-lane highway in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden there are these two, and, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and Google along, uh, Cowboy Ruckus. There's two cowboys who are actually neighbors who are, they're 20 feet tall and they're sitting and pointing at each other from across this two lane highway. It is in the middle of nowhere. The only way you see this is after you've been driving for two or three hours through nothingness. And you sort of come across this and it makes, it just makes you, it kind of turns your brain backwards. Yeah. It's like, why am I looking at this? What's happening here? That makes you laugh. Yeah. That is so awesome. I love that. It's the greatest thing ever. And so what you're talking about, when you're talking about putting an artist residency, where people can go and just be creative, mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you're, what you're putting down. Um, I think that's really cool. And you have, yeah. and you have the place, you have the space to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not mine, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm, it. what I'm saying is, you know, in in Texas, you have the space to oh, do it. True. It's really it's really interesting because like them, dislike them. I don't know how you dislike them, but Chip and Joanna Gaines have oh, yeah. have done really a wonderful job, uh, probably unintentionally so, but putting Texas on the map as a yeah. des, as a design destination. Yeah, and yeah, they have. and what I love about the whole Magnolia principle is they did it in a place that wasn't cool. Um, Waco's not a cool city. Waco's not considered a cool city. Yeah. It's got a rough history. And it's one of those cities where you, when you think about Waco, you do not think about design and architecture. Yeah. And I think. Not, Not anymore. Now you do. Well, now you do. And I think the context is it's it's a space that is open to being completely molded, changed, and altered. Yeah, I think that is so cool. They made something out of nothing just by hard work and inspiration and, and goodwill. You know, that that is just so inspiring. So if you think about it, that's what Donald Judd did for Marfa. Yeah, totally. Marfa that's was... Exactly. Marfa was an old Western town that was clearly dying. Yeah. And he, which is, which is the only way an individual gets to come in and basically take over a town. Uh huh. You know? And so I think it's, it, it's really interesting. I mean, take over a town, not in an okay corral kind of way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Transform it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and and that being said, I think that it it sort of speaks to the spirit of design in Texas. And mm-hmm. I again, I go back to where we started. It's kind of inspirational knowing that or aspirational maybe knowing that there are places where a creative such as yourself can go and create the narrative and tell and tell a story and kind of design the way that that you want to design. Yeah, it really does feel like there is a lot of freedom out here. I think I don't think there's any way I could have told somebody, yeah, I designed restaurants, designed a restaurant and then had a career, you know, other than here where people are open to yeah, oh, yeah, sure, let's work together. I I you know, there's tons of new projects starting all the time. People are people aren't so competitive. There's a lot of space for for lots of different designers. It it has been such a wonderful place to start a career and to be creative. Last thing I want to ask you about is the and we could have started with this, but the state of the business. Um uh-huh. are I, I'm always fascinated too because so many designers, architects listen. The business is something that always comes up. Yeah. The mindset of designers, the pricing models, the tra- yeah. the trade programs, the yeah. resources available to you. Do you do you have suitable resources in in your city as as a designer? Do do, do you have an educated client base? do you have more clients using designers these days? Are they using you for in the ways that you want to be? Are you doing full project? Are you doing more uh, yeah. individuals? What, what's, what's happening in your business? Well, I, I feel like I've, I've grown up, you know, to where for a while you're spinning your wheels and you're saying yes to everything. And then you realize that it's just not like neither of us are getting what we, you know, the client nor me are getting what we want out of it. So I think also, by having kids, I just no longer have the time to do that stuff. So I've been, I've been able to just choose my projects a lot better. And I have had the best clients and we have gotten, it's been, I'm hoping, you know, I think that it's been very mutually beneficial and they, they have, they have great vision, but they know they can't do it themselves and they trust me. And there's a great architectural team and a great builder. And so that has been it's been going very well on that end. I, Austin is is still, you know, a young city. It's not like Dallas or Houston, and we do not have the design resources that they do there. So sometimes I feel like I don't know what I don't know. You know, like I know there's more stuff out there that I don't know of. <laughs> like I'm sure designers in Dallas are like, oh my god, you've never been to this showroom. You don't know this line. So sometimes I definitely feel the weight of the knowledge that I don't have and I, and I get kind of anxious about it, but, but I'll get there. And, you know, Houston Dallas is a short trip. Do you have a design center in in Austin? A design what? A design center. You know, we have this one like place that has a bunch of fabric and a rug shop, but not, not, it would, no, not really. Not at all. Where do you, are you part of ASID? Do you have a, do you have groups? You know, I don't, I have a bunch of, I have friends and we get together for lunch and we're like, what do you do when this happens? What are you doing for this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's fun. And that, that works out, but no, I'm, I'm not part of any, I'm, I, that is part of myself that I wish that I was better at is the more business minded, more um, connected type person i kind of sometimes tend to function in a vacuum like like, oh 
I don't need all that stuff, but, uh, but I do. And it would, it would benefit me greatly, I think, but uh, I just, I don't have the time right now. Isn't that amazing though? Uh, that the lack of time is the, is the number one impediment to in, in, in the design space. I think probably in most careers, I, I think that yeah. that's a universal, um, what I think is interesting too, though, is that design is such a creative endeavor. Yeah. But it, it's also, there's there's such a large infrastructure behind yeah. it. And the amount of yeah. resources that that come down to to designers, it's really interesting. Having, having done the podcast now for going, this is our seventh year, and wow. done literally hundreds of interviews with designers and architects and creatives in the space, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the... The, the list of challenges is very much the same. You yeah. know, the amount of time that you have to do the job yeah. is, is always a challenge. Finding resources is always a challenge. Do you, so if you, if you don't have it locally, do you look outside? Are there any shows that you use more than others? Do you go to trade shows? Um, you know, we have KBiz coming up this week. Is that something that you will go or have been to before? Do you do design-focused events? Um, you know what? I go to Round Top. That's like a, and I can never miss that, which is just a, you know what Round Top is? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my main shopping time, really. And I haven't gotten to the point where I have enough projects that need furniture at the same time mm. that I'm like, I've got to go, I just have to go shopping for like five projects and I have to like find so much stuff, you know? So I, no, I have never gone to, a big fair or market or anything like that. I'm not opposed to it, but I've also, but yeah, I, I will at some point. I just don't have the the volume right now to do that. You know I, what I mean? I totally get it. Do you, you mentioned Roundtop. Do you take advantage of, and I don't want to call it antiquing because I don't think that's what it is anymore, but going out and and picking the landscape for fines because the the fines in in Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Nebraska, that whole your whole area is just amazing. Oh, I know. I know. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, I think like when I think about shopping, I I think about going to antique you right, antiquing's not the right word, but whatever, go treasure hunting all over the place. Cuz that's what I'm really more inspired by is these one of a kind things. And then I feel like I can fill in with, you know, either custom built stuff or, you know, from shopping online. So when I shop in person, I I do tend to go look for old things. And I don't know what you'd call round top. I mean, round top is a city, but it's, it's an event that is it, is Uh it once, is it once a year now or do they do it more? It's twice a year. Uh And has, is it still the same way? It, it was in the past where you can still find great deals or has it become so popular that it is pretty popular, but you can find great deals and you can find the coolest stuff. Yes. It is like, and you know, a lot of uh, now too, there's a lot more like makers and lighting people and interesting people from around the country doing interesting things that it's worth going to be like, Oh, I found this totally incredible rug maker. That's, you know, I have, now I know him and now I can order from him forever. See, that's great. And you know, what's interesting about that is I don't know anybody from either coast 
Except for one. I know one person um, who has a who has a remarkable showroom here in LA who who first told me about Round Top, but I don't know anybody else that's ever that's ever been there. So Oh wow. Yeah. It's worth a trip. It absolutely it's is. When's so the, cool. when's when are they when are they? What are the dates? Do you it's know? Usually, it's spring and fall and it's okay. April and October. April and October, the two best yeah. times to go visit Texas. It's true. Right? I, I, Oh yeah! Do not <laughs> any time in between. No, in October. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, and this was absolutely a blast. I to- I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, likewise, it's my pleasure. I love talking about design. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. That was great, and I truly appreciate the time. Please subscribe to the show so you catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design anytime they're published. Ask Alexa or Siri, just say, hey, Alexa, play Convo by Design, and she will. You can follow the show on the socials as well, at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram, and check out the uh, Convo by Design YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes. Thank you for listening, and until next week, keep creating. 